I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome. Welcome. I'm super excited to have Jennifer Hootie here. Um, She's amazing. We actually met at a Lisa Nichols event where we were learning like... I wouldn't say learning speaking because everybody there is pretty much a speaker, but learning to improve your speaking. What was it called? Um, when, when my soul, my soul speaks. speaks. Yeah. So it was like really like a lot of personal development and a lot of challenges. And then, you know, kind of on the side, some actual speaking techniques. There was a lot of speaking techniques, but it was like crazy, like how vulnerable everybody got. And Lisa Nichols is like amazing at pulling that out of us. But um, it was such a pleasure and honor to meet so many amazing women like Jen. And um, I'll tell you, Jen is like so baller. I was like, when I met her, which was, I don't know, less than a year ago, I was like, wait, you're not even 30 yet. You've grown, you know, two multi-million dollar businesses. You've been on TEDx stage, worked with Tony Robbins, Joe Polish, um, Bulletproof Coffee. I think you said Brendan Burchard. Now, if you don't know these big names, because I know you're in the financial industry and you might not be as impressed. If you Google them, you'll know they all have like millions and millions of followers and like super huge um, genius network. I think, again, in my space, a lot of us know that entrepreneurs organization, a lot of us know traffic and conversion. Um, I mean, these are big stages, big companies. And it's just amazing, like with all of this under her belt, um, under the age of 30. And now she's 30. So here we are with the, the whole like you know, new decade ahead of you, who knows what's going to happen. But um, one of the things that Jen is so good at is really focusing on vision. And so I'm excited to bring that, um, just talk about vision and what that means and what's so important about that, because I think I need a lot of help when it comes to vision. So tell them a little about kind of what you do, why you're so into it. And I know you mentioned you just went on Natalie Jill's podcast and we had Natalie Jill on the podcast too. And like, she's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And how much she got out of your event and someone who has, you know, 3 million followers and super successful. It's like, you're always helping those people who are influencers and helping the world, but also helping, you know, people like financial advisors out there who need to have a vision and clarity about what's next so they can create it. So give them a little bit of background on you and why you're so interested in it. And then we'll go from there. Awesome. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me, Robin. I'm so oh, excited. My, um, my company now vision driven is the whole ethos behind it is helping entrepreneurs and business owners build a vision driven company and a vision driven life which means helping them get deeply connected to what they do and why they do it especially in the moments that they forget because as entrepreneurs building and creating a company, there's so much responsibility that comes with it. There's so many... I mean, we're we're professional problem solvers. And so having a compelling future that you lean into and that's clear and motivates you every day to wake up, to take action, 
to align and focus your team, to get your clients, your vendors, your partners on board is critical. So in a lot of ways, vision has been part of my my life from the beginning. But there was a pivotal moment for me when I started my company, uh, one of my past companies, Conscious Copy and Co. And I was starting the company, uh, bootstrapping it, didn't have any connections in the digital marketing space. I didn't have a team. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had gotten a handful of clients of people who had reached out to me asking if they could I could help them with their marketing. So copywriting is a form of, you know, messaging positioning for some of the listeners that may not be familiar. When I got into this world, I didn't even know what copywriting was. I thought it was like a copy machine or a legal just like the legal name of some sort, but it is the words all over your website that sell your stuff. So learned that because I had a company that I was growing that wasn't I wasn't able to sell and I didn't know why. And so I discovered copywriting. But when I started to build this little freelance business at first, I ended up going to this business dinner um, that I got invited to like out of sheer luck because there was several brilliant entrepreneurs there. And one of them was this guy named Cameron Harold. And he had grown $200 million companies. And he was a very well-known speaker in the business world. And he wrote this book called Vivid Vision. And the whole preface of the book was, or it is to, as the founder of your company, in to create this document called the Vivid Vision, which paints a clear and vivid picture of exactly what you want your company to look like three years into the future and what you want your team, your culture, your core business activities, your financials. And then you can align and motivate your team around the shared vision for the future so they can be the ones to come up with the how to execute it. And so even though I was bootstrapping this business, I didn't have a team. He was at that dinner and he said, one of the most important things you could do even in beginning this business is to craft a vivid vision. And he was like super smart, had a track record. So I'm like, I'm just going to do what he says. So I went and I built out a three-year vision for my company. And I wrote down these like big lofty goals that I had no idea how I was going to make happen. I was like, I want to grow a million dollar company. I want to be the number one copywriting agency in all like the entire business and personal development world. I want to work with clients like Tony Robbins and Brendan Bouchard and Bulletproof Coffee, Joe Polish. I want to grow a team of like 10 to 15 people. And we have this amazing culture. And even just the act of that provided me so much clarity. But then what happened next started to blow my mind because it wasn't about four months later that like out of the blue in this random wild chain of events, I ended up meeting Joe Polish, who is the um, creator of Genius Network and is. And that really opened up the door for me to... I, I got to start writing copy for Genius Network. And then I started to write copy for some other big names. And it was like the snowball effect. And it felt in a lot of ways like so much was beginning to shape up to bring that vision to life. And a lot of it was taking massive aligned action 
But a lot of it too was because I was clear and I had shared my vivid vision, there was people who were trying to connect dots for me to see how they could help in bringing it to life. So that was like one of my first big experiences. And I'll never forget exactly three years since that vivid vision was created. I had literally pulled it out and it was at a team retreat and there's 10 of my team members there and I'm reading it. And so so much of it had come true. And that was like the moment where I'm like, this shit works. <laughs> like This really freaking works. Wow. That's amazing. Um, how, I mean, I think the, the, it's always the how for me is like, well, how the heck do you do that now? I know, did you just read his book and like you started there or did you actually work with him? It was both because yeah, I, I knew him. Um, but I started to yeah, use the book as a guide. Mm-hmm. And then what was wild was it was only but maybe a year after I had even read the book, Cameron had reached out and said, Hey, do you want to partner on Vivid Vision? Oh my gosh. Whoa, that's so crazy. And so since then, it's been seven years and we've helped over, um, I built a whole company around it. We've helped over 1,500 uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs in all different industries. And I have a whole team in a particular process that we take entrepreneurs through to do that. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then where were you like, how long did it take? So you were bootstrapping, you were freelance, you weren't really making much money. You meet him. You said four months. Now you get introduced to Joe Polish. I know Joe too. He's super sweet. Um, And then things started to take off. Like where were you revenue wise at that stage? Were you still bootstrapping or were you just like rolling in it? Were you like up against new challenges? Like, was it easy? Was it like it wasn't, you know, a straight line up, but it was just like, you got there or kind of what was the experience with it? Mm-hmm. In that first year, I was making about maybe two months after I remember I was hit, making about $10,000 a month. And after I created my vivid vision, it was about four months later where I jumped to 50,000 a month. And that was wow. very consistent. Um, and then it took about three years to build it into the seven-figure company. Mm-hmm. I do not want to make it seem like it was all easy. And I just sat down on my meditation pillow right. and read my vivid vision. And there it was. Uh, that definitely wasn't the case. One of the things that I really believe and you know, kind of the laws back this is anytime we set a greater vision for ourselves, and that can be in any area of life, anything that isn't a vibrational match to that comes up to be released and transformed. So I believe one of the most potent aspects of having a vision is when challenges arise, it's really not seeing the challenge from a victim mentality, but rather leaning in and being like, yeah, this is the freaking content that I need to, uh, and the curriculum to help me evolve, to become the version of myself that brings this vision to life. And because circumstances are going to have happen no matter what, that's a fact for all of us. None of us can get out of that. I've been having conversations with some of my friends who have multiple hundred million dollar companies lately and they they go through the highs and lows and the ups and downs just like i remember when i was in in my startup mode you know different different challenges but challenges nonetheless right. 
but the vision is what pulls you forward in those challenges. So here's where I get stuck. Mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I have ideas like all the time and I'm like, I get super excited about it. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. So I'll give you an example. So um, like last year, (coughs) excuse me. So I was basically at a point where I just got a little bit fed up with like the rat race, really, you know, you have a seven figure business. It seems like, just like you said, like there's ups and downs. We get to a point where you're like, like if you build a business like that, and then it stops working the way you want. You have a lot at stake, you know, team and you're relying in our case, relying a lot on Facebook ads and whatever to, to maintain that and to sustain it. And, you know, we have group coaching programs and I love, especially our high level programs called FEM, Female Empowered Moneymakers. These women come in, they get like phenomenal results and, and we have like a really good renewal rate and, you know, a retention rate for that because it's such an amazing community. They stick around, some are there two years, some are there three years, but eventually, you know, and I've been running this business for seven years, eventually even, I mean, not everybody, we have a few people who've been there for seven years, but most of them eventually like move on. Right. And I'm like, man, this, this sucks because I know I'm providing value, but it gets to a point where they maybe just don't want to pay anymore. Or they're just like, I got what I needed to get kind of thing. Um, and I was like, geez, I need a recurring revenue model. I mean, financial, I used to be a financial advisor and financial advisors, we have recurring revenue. We get AUM, asset center management, you know, it's a also a double-edged sword because now you got asset center management, but then you have all these, you know, clients you have to service. So it's, it's also has its own challenges, but man, I miss that recurring revenue where every quarter I'd get recurring revenue. And if the market's going up, even if you don't get new clients, you're making more money, right? So this is what, you know, is very ideal about the industry. And with my coaching business, which I left the industry to start my coaching business, I didn't have that. I don't have that, you know, recurring revenue. So I was like, so often last year, I'm like, you know, how do I like, I'm on this kick of like, how do I create recurring revenue? Like, should I go own my own firm? Should I start recruiting advisors and bringing them to my firm? Because I know I can help them double, triple, quadruple their revenue, but man, that's a headache, you know? But then I got to a point where I was like, I have to find a way to have recurring revenue. And I'm like, then some opportunity started to, you know, kind of come into fruition to some degree. I wouldn't say fruition because it just like, it was more like, okay, here's an opportunity. And then I got to a point where like, I'm like, okay, to do this right now, like, I don't know if I want it. I don't know if I want the compliance, compliance headaches, which, you know, those of you listening, you know about the compliance headaches and all the things that go with the recurring revenue There comes with a stack of shit that I don't necessarily want. And so now it's like, I had this for a while. I was super excited about it. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to own my own REA. I even talked to a firm and I'm like looking at what this would look like. And then I got discouraged to like challenging myself. Like I could see that vision, but then it's like, sometimes I see it with, let's just call it beer goggles. <laughs> I don't even drink, but beer goggles where I'm like, oh my God, those look amazing. Like nothing can go wrong. And then sometimes I see it with like, oh my gosh, it's, it's like, that's not what I want. I love coaching. I don't want the compliance and I don't want the, you know, to have my licenses again. And I don't want to, you know, have this liability and all those things. And not to tell you, those of you listening that you should leave your financial company, but you know, like with the amazing recurring revenue, you get a bunch of shit that comes along with it. And so my challenge, because now I'm at a point where I've kind of almost lost sight of that idea because I'm like, I don't know if that's what I want. And maybe that's your whole vision, you know, retreat and the alignment process. But I think my challenge is I get excited about something. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do this. And then it's like, I get either discouraged 
or I start to question that vision and wonder like, do I really want that? So how do you get aligned with something so that you like, you know, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, balls to the wall where you're like, I'm going to make this happen. I totally want this to happen. And then I have no problem taking action and doing the work and doing all the things, but it's always that uncertainty that keeps like gets me frozen where I don't know what to do to make that happen because I'm not sure if that's what I want. That's Mm -hmm. like extremely loaded question. Mm -hmm. Go solve all my problems. (laughs) (sighs) Mm. First off, it's a very normal and natural experience, especially being an entrepreneur. I call it the seductive distractions. Mm. Being able to discern what is your true vision that you absolutely love, that you are committed to versus the seductive distractions, which are the shiny objects that can be so tempting that can oftentimes look like our vision in disguise, but they're not. And only you'll you'll truly know the the difference. And I believe that when it comes to creating our vision, it's really important to create it from a place of um, I, I I believe getting into a term I call getting into a vision state first, which means you're open, relaxed, awake, aware, alert, kind of like from you have your parasympathetic and your sympathetic system. So our sympathetic is the fight or flight um, fear mechanism, parasympathetic being rest and digest. And when we're calm and chill, when our even aspects of our brain, we can be in say like theta brain state or beta. And when creating your vision, getting into a state where you can go somewhere in nature, doing breath work, doing meditation, but something that just disconnects you from the day-to-day so you can really connect to what you really, really, really want. Mm. And the question I ask, which may sound cheesy and I can give an alternative, but it's what would you really love? Not what you think you should do, what makes sense, what's going to make the most money, what would you really love? And then you can put clear parameters around it. Like, I would really love a business where I'm coaching. I would really love a business with reoccurring revenue. I would really love it. And you put all of that in place. So that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I, I, I feel like, like you have said, I mean, you used to seem calm all the time. And even when we met, like, and even told a very, because we were practicing stories at Lisa Nichols event, you told a, you know, somewhat, I wouldn't say traumatizing um, situation, but, you know, you told a situation where you were extremely stressed mm-hmm. and it's hard to imagine you stressed <laughs> because I'm thinking that if I was listening to this podcast right now, I'd have you on probably three times speed. And then I'd have me on half speed just so that we could equal each other because I'm like, I don't think of myself as high strung, but I'm very fast, 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 fast paced. And that probably is indicative of the fact that I am probably a bit more stressed out than you. And then you're just like, you know, um, like super calm and relaxed. 
Is that, is that I get stressed. you can ask my fiance. He's like, <laughs> he gets stressed. Yeah. 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 But there was, there was actually a really pivotal point for me last year where I was stuck in overwhelm. Overwhelm became the song that I was playing over and over again every day. And I just hit a point where I'm like, I don't do overwhelm anymore. I'm not going to allow myself to do overwhelm because overwhelm is simply kind of like too many tabs open in the mind all at once. Mm. And several years ago, it was the same thing with anxiety. I lived with anxiety my whole life. I would wake up in the mornings and it literally felt like this buzzy feeling on my chest that wouldn't go away no matter what I did. I did all the breath work, all the meditation, all the things, and it it wouldn't go away um, until I went and did like the deep inner work that realized what was actually uh, actually in the way and the trauma response that it was being was creating. And so now I, I do feel naturally a lot more calm. Wow. Thank you for saying that because, you know, it's kind of like in the unicorn club that we're in. And I, I'm sure, I think you were there that time when um, I won't say her name, but she has a business that she can sell for like $150 million. And she, you know, came in and said like, she felt like she didn't belong. And like, when, when we have these amazing, especially Lisa Nichols with, with her opening people up, cracking people open, and then like being so vulnerable, the way we see everybody else is like, their problems aren't anything like mine, you know? And like, they, they, they can like, I get it. Like, yeah, we're entrepreneurs. We all have stress, but look how she can do this because naturally she's so calm and she can just deal with, you know, deal with it and handle it. And it's like, we all have that our own shit. Right. And I think like, as much as we're talking about vision, like, I think that's something women especially are going through and like comparing ourselves to others and feeling like we're not enough and we're not good enough. And, and I think that kind of goes back to also like what you teach and, and preach is like um, getting really clear on what you want and then having this um, kind of undeniable magnetism and pull towards getting it. And I see that. And I think there's a, a huge part of me that like underlying the stress and the doubt and the fear is a belief that I know I can create what I want and that everything is always working out for me, probably for my Abraham Hicks, uh, you know, influences, but like that keeps me afloat. But then I run these patterns of like, it's almost like I, um, I am addicted somewhat to having a problem, you know, where, uh, had, this was horrible, but, um, we've been having like a very, like challenging time with our business right now. Lots of things changed with what's happening with us with Facebook. And that's really like taken our business, like pulled it upside down to some degree. And uh, I was, it was just Monday where I was having a conversation with my COO and I was like rating, like I was going through like, I don't know, there was some Alex Sharfin thing where he's like, you know, rate your leads, rate your, rate your nurturing, rate your um, retention at like whatever it is, like these five core functions that he calls it. And I was like, I'm not swear, but everything, I was like, everything's aft, everything's aft, everything's aft. And my CEO Ash was like, can you stop saying that? Like, that's really hard for me because like, you know, I'm not, that doesn't make it easy for me, you know, and it's hard for her to speak up sometimes like that, because like, I'm the one that's like guiding the business and she's always supporting, you know? And then I was like, Ash, I know, and I'm sorry, but just give me, and I was like crying, you know, and I was like, just give me today. Like, I just have to be negative. Like I, I can't turn it around today. I just have to be negative and like, and let myself feel that. And then it will be better, you know? And like, I just had to, I had to 
instead of making myself wrong, which is what I usually do, or instead of like, you know, getting all positive and pretending like nothing's wrong, I just was like, I'm going to be negative and not feel bad about it. And I'm sorry, I can't lead the company the way I should right now, but let me just, um, let me just feel it and say it. And then tomorrow I'll be better. And it's true. Like, and then, you know, this is Monday, today's Thursday. It's like, oh, today's Wednesday. Um, I think, um, but, and then it's like, you know, now things started opening up and different opportunities and like, even just in two days, like, you know, and then I can, I can kind of recalibrate and get there, but like, I find that really difficult. And I think I'm not the only entrepreneur to, to feel that and financial advisors, like there's a lot of stress when things out of your control, like the markets and the banks collapsing and this and that. And it's like, it, and then you got one client who's mad at you. You know, when I was a financial advisor, I loved the recurring revenue, but I didn't like it when the market tanked and I'd get those calls from the ones that kind of sucked and they're giving me crap about it as if I had control over. But then we women take that to heart and we like, we feel like it, you know, it's, 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 it's an indication of our value somehow, even though it's really probably the fact that we got the wrong client to begin with. So is there anything particularly like, like, let's assume you had the vision and mm-hmm. let's assume, you know, we read that book or go to one of your, your events and workshops or something like, what is it that they can take away if they don't do that, that just can bring them back to kind of their North star and bring them. And, and really I'm saying they, but I really am asking for advice um, yeah. for myself, <laughs> like to bring us back to, focus on, even if we don't know exactly what we want to remember what's important and to, to stay the course and to know we're here to help people and serve people. And like, I I always think about like the female financial professionals, I, I I attract, like, we didn't do this to like make a bunch of revenue. We did this to serve and to make a bigger difference, you know? And that's like my North star is like, I can't just give up because I have people to help, but Mm -hmm. is there some advice you have for that as like, how, how can I, how can I get back on track when I get off track? Cause I get off track plenty. Yeah. Yeah. You're human. We're all human. It's like circumstances are a part of life. Circumstances are going to happen no matter what. Um, to answer that, I'd love to share a story with you. Yes, Is that cool? Of course. You may, you may remember this one from when we were both at My Soul Speaks, but in January of 2019, I... It was the beginning of the year. I was on fire. I just set a really big, audacious vision for my business, for my life. I was so stoked about it. And that following week, I came back into my business, standing at my desk. And I get a call from my second in command. And she tells me that she's putting in her um, resignation. And you know, I was I was super disappointed. Like I, I get because at a certain point with team members, she she wanted to start her own business. The time had come, but I definitely felt disappointed. And then two days after that, I got another message from one of my other team members who said that he also was resigning. And then the same day of that, I got an email from one of my clients. We lost one of our biggest accounts, uh, a six-figure account. And I was already feeling so burnt out, so exhausted. Looking at my quarter, there was a ton of speaking engagements, sponsorships. Like there was the calendar was jam-packed. And I remember looking at it being like, where am I gonna fit 
you know, finding a second in command, someone who can download and, and, and do what this person who had built my company with me over the last five years can do. Where am I going to find another salesperson? Where am I, you know, how am I going to make this all happen? And so I called my mentor at the time and I was like, yo, this is not good. I don't know what's happening, but it's not good. And she was just like, no, Jennifer, this is actually perfect. She's like, anything, uh, you just set a bigger vision for your life. Anything that isn't a match to that vision is going to come up to be released and transformed. So this is actually good news. This is simply the law of physics at play. She said, but you're going to have a really important choice right now. Either you want option one is these circumstances happen, these circumstances happen and they have you. Like these circumstances have grip on you and you're going to get caught up in a loop of being a victim of why me, uh, you know, I can't figure this out. All, all of the thoughts that I was honestly thinking right before I called her. And she's like, or you can hold the vision, not the circumstance. And holding the vision, it, it's not denying the circumstance. It's simply saying, okay, I'm going to choose to put my attention and intention into a greater future and know that on the other side of this, something good is going to happen. And I'm going to choose to trust that, to know that I may not know exactly how it looks, but I'm also going to believe that the content of my life is the curriculum to my evolution. And so this problem, this challenge, this circumstance is actually the raw material that I need to the reorganizing of what I want to build. What if the issue with your Facebook ads was exactly what you needed to happen in order to open up another door to building something else that's more aligned to the reoccurring revenue that you want to create? And I'm sure every single one of us can look at times in our life where things didn't go our way. Like they didn't happen the way we wanted to. We were pissed. We were frustrated. But then on the backside of it, we're like, oh, damn, if that didn't happen, then that wouldn't have happened. And that, and that, and that, and that, and whoa, okay. It actually all worked out. Not in the way I wanted it to. And for all of my fellow controllers, like I'll raise two hands. Mm -hmm. I love me some control. It drives us freaking crazy. Uh, but until we realize like, okay, what if there is a plan that's actually working out that's way better than our plan that we can't see? But our job is to trust. And I, I will be the first to call. I am not perfect at this, but I keep getting better and better. Every time I'm in a situation, I, I'm quicker to go to, okay, hold the, what's the vision here? <laughs> because it can feel like a bunch of clouds in the middle of the mess, but just holding that North Star. And I 100% agree with that and believe that. And I sometimes, I, can, I can't always get out of it when I'm in the middle of it, but it doesn't, just like you said, like it, it, eventually I do get out of it and it takes a lot less time than it used to because it's like, 
I used to feel like life was happening to me and like, I didn't think I had control over it. Now I really feel like I create it. And which sometimes is a catch 22 or like a downward spiral because I'm like, stop focusing on what's not working because I know it's going to get me more of what's not working. But then like, as Abraham Hicks says, it's like, it shoots off the rockets of desire for you to get what you want. And so even focusing on what you don't want for time being actually is what will allow you to get clear on what you do want. So I believe all that. And I really do think, and even after the last couple of days of like, this, you know, Facebook challenge and, and all, all the things that are happening with my marketing right now, I'm like, oh, okay. Like this, this is, this change is leading me to where I need to be. And I kind of like, like to think of it as a movie. Like sometimes I can take myself out of it and think of it as like a movie where I'm like, you know, the character and I'm like, okay, this is what, what happens is like, imagine dramatic scene. Yes. This is a dramatic scene. And like, I start crying and I'm like during sex. Okay. No, that didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. No, it didn't. No, it did. Um, but you're like, you know, so upset and you're just like freaking out. And then it's like, it comes to this point where, okay, then there's clarity and then everything works out. And then you remember that moment of, of, um, challenges and adversity. It's always the moments of adversity in the movies and in the books and all the things where you're like, oh, thank God, because had I not had that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Even, you know, when we were trying to get pregnant years ago and, you know, we put everything towards, like we were broke and we, we put everything towards like doing IVF and we like, it took us so it's so much stress, let's say, and time, but to decide to even do it and put money where we didn't have it when we were broke at the time. And then to do it and not get the result. And you're like, Oh my God, like I didn't, it didn't work. And like, you're so upset about it. And then I now years later have the amazing family that I always wanted. And, and had I, had I gotten what I wanted when I thought I wanted it, I wouldn't have the business that I have. And I wouldn't have the house that I have and the life that I have and, and the friends that I have and, and everything, because had it worked out differently, of course it would change the trajectory of of my life. So uh, I love that. And I think it's so great kind of to leave with that of just like, you know, that goes back to faith, whether you believe in a higher power universe, God, whatever it's like, I definitely go through my crap of getting pissed and upset and frustrated and stressed and still like having that foresight to know that like, this is, you said it earlier perfectly is like, this is all part of the becoming, like what I call the becoming of like who I'm meant to be so that I can attract what I want. And without these things, I would never become that person to get all of that, that next level, because then there's always a next level and more adversity and all the things, but like, this is what creates a good movie. This is the hero's journey. This is like, this is what creates like amazing human beings. Instead, if we are entitled and we get everything we want, whenever we want it, you know, the kids that have that, it's like, they're not the most amazing human beings on the planet. It's like, we have to have that in order to grow. And what it really comes down to is that growth. So mm-hmm. thanks for bringing me home, girl. Yeah. 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 And one piece I would love to add to that is it, when we're when we're clear of our vision, one of the key pieces is being really clear of who is the version of me that lives that vision. What is that identity? What does that person think? What is that person's beliefs? How does that person navigate challenges? And then we bring it back to the moment. And in any mo, every single moment, we have a choice. To be condition driven, or I call it vision driven. So it's okay in this moment. How would the version of me who already lives that vision navigate the situation? And that is the ultimate key because that's when change can happen. If we keep running our old patterns, 
and our old ways of doing things, and we stay in the loop. When we choose to make a different choice and operate from who we're becoming, then we can create the upward spiral. Love it. So good. Well, tell them where to find you and about your workshops, because um, if you go to her workshop, you'll probably see me there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can learn about me. I'm starting to get active on social media. I'm young, but I was such a hermit before, and I didn't really spend much time on social media, but I'm active on Instagram, which is at Jen Hoodie, J-E-N-N-H-U-D-Y-E. And then on LinkedIn, I'm Jennifer Hoodie, H-U-D-Y-E, Facebook, Jennifer Hoodie. Uh, My website is visiondrivenglobal.com. And if you're interested in checking out our Vivid Vision Retreats, which is a three-day immersive experiential journey to help you get clear on your next big vision, you can go to vividvisionretreat.com. Okay. Well, this will be for my team to put all of that in the show notes. So if you didn't catch all that and not taking notes or you're driving, please don't take notes. Um, then we will make sure you have that information. Um, and yeah, it sounds amazing. And thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing your wisdom, but also like I needed that energy. Like I really needed that energy. So I always, I get take so get so much out of my own podcast because I get to like put myself on the couch and be like, help fix me. But then of course I'm not, I don't need to be fixed. I'm not broken. Right. But I think it's just, it really is, is helpful because it's like we, to know what really happens. And so many people, I think, I think it's getting less and less, but there's so many influencers that just like make it out to be so easy and make all these huge promises and nothing ever goes wrong. And like, that is not life. And that's not how it happens, especially in the financial industry. Oh my God, empty promises. So um, thank you for being you and for being real and bringing that energy um, to, to the listeners and to me. And um, those of you who, um, you know, haven't been checking out the podcast much, go back and, and get some good stuff. I just did an episode not too long ago on the revenue accelerator system. That's a solo episode specifically on that system. So go check that one out. That's one of my new favorites. Um, and uh, yeah, just check out podcast, give us a review and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much Thanks for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.